This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome to Life Beats. We've got a very special guest on today's show. We are welcoming into the Life Beats studio none other than the editor in chief of one of the most iconic fashion magazines in the world. The man at the helm of Vogue Arabia, Manuel Arnaud, will be joining me in just a few moments to talk about the place of Arab fashion on the global stage, the talent emerging from this region, as well as fashion for a cause with last weekend's stunning ball of Arabia. Plus, in the second hour of Life Beats, we discover the art of filmmaking with a purpose with award-winning film director and film lecturer Rochelle Shah Kapoor, who'll be here from 11am talking creativity, social justice and encouraging youth into the filmmaking industry. That's all coming up on Life Beats with me, Sally Musa on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Manuel Arnaud has been at the helm of Vogue Arabia quite soon after its launch, taking over and a year, taking over over a year and a half ago, uh, being the editor in chief of Architectural Digest Middle East. Before that, but the Middle East edition of the iconic 126-year-old publication has been quick to make its mark with bilingual content that embraces the previously underplayed power and distinctive beauty of the Arab woman, and now even the Arab man, (laughs) with Vogue Arabia man. Manuel Arnaud, it's such a pleasure to have you with me here in the studio today. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to visit Sharjah. And uh, it, it's really an honor to be here today. You do have uh, quite a soft spot for, for Sharjah as well, don't you? I love Sharjah. I think that Sharjah is such an incredible emirate. Uh, I'm always so impressed with the work that the Sharjah Art Foundation does and with Sheikh So uh, whenever I can, I always drop by. And uh, I'm very happy to be here today in my first ever radio experience. Really? <laughs> yeah. This is your first? That's brilliant. <laughs> I love that we've got you here. Thank um, you. Now, of course, you know, talking about Vogue, Vogue needs no introduction. I myself grew up with the magazine, mm-hmm. with international editions. Me, of course, being from Australia, we had have Australian Vogue, but, you know, always fascinated by French Vogue and British Vogue and American Vogue and all of the other editions. Every single edition brought something, you know, an insight into where the magazine comes from. Tell me about your experience. Definitely, and I think that that's a little bit the... Um the success of our publication. First of all, we are lucky that worldwide there's a, a real interest of what's happening in the other world and uh, people always want to, it's very mysterious, people want to know what women are wearing, uh, about our designers that make uh, make it really big on the international red carpets. So there's a lot of curiosity and that definitely helped us. Um, and it also helps the fact that we are a publication that it's made 100% in the other world for the other world. So we almost don't have any syndicated content. Uh, I would have to say that 90% of the content is 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 created by us. So we we don't bring content from other publications, mm. and we really make an effort to emphasize the Arab woman and Arab fashion. That's for us the most important. And if you see the publication, it's from cover to cover. The content it's local and regional. 
Do you know what's amazing? It's like it's the first edition of Vogue to be bilingual yeah. as well, that it's both in English and in Arabic, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, it speaks to that mission of being very inclusive and making sure that you're true yeah. to Arab identity. And definitely. And uh, the way that we divide the content is uh, whenever we have an Arab star or someone that the the pure Arab reader uh, would appreciate, we place it in the mod- in the Arabic section. And also the styling is slightly more modest. And then in the English section, we have more kind of like international content because that's the reality of, of, of the place where we live. And that's the reality of the world nowadays. It's, 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 you see the, the UAE, it's people from all nationalities. You're Australian, Iraqi, I'm Portuguese. You know, even in this office, there's people, I already <laughs> met people from all nationalities. Yes, yes. So we wanted also to mimic that in the magazine. Yeah, I, I love that so much. But tell me about for you growing up with the magazine, how did it influence you and what you wanted to do? With- I'm, I'm one of those, uh, how to say, like, Do you know that little story of, of of the boy that that goes and buys Vogue and reads Vogue secretly? Yeah. Like I'm I'm that boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I was very lucky that when I finished my degree in Portugal, that I was able to start working right away at Vogue in my country. So I worked with Vogue Portugal for seven years. Then I worked for Vogue Brazil. Uh, then I moved to GQ. Then to Architectural Digest Middle East. So I was always with Condé Nast Publications. So um, what can I say? It's, 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 it's the most glamorous and exciting magazine in the world. And I'm really honored that I have this opportunity to, to edit the magazine, especially in this region where I think that Vogue is so necessary. Yeah. And uh, if you see the, the topics that, you, that we discuss, we really do a different type of journalism that other publications of our kind don't do. Mm-mm-mm. For you, what are some of the stories that you've covered that really stand out for you uh, so far in your year and a half with Vogue? Uh, well, we have very incredible and exciting uh, cover stories. We shot Rihanna has Nefertiti that was like news worldwide uh, and it was really, really exciting. Uh, during Ramadan, we, we shot the, some of the most talented Arab actresses in front of the pyramids. So visually, we were able to do really iconic cover stories. But what I think that for me, it's very exciting is that we, besides the fashion content, of course, at the end of the day, it's a fashion magazine. So you need to have that information there. You need to know what you're going to wear, the trends, uh, the shoes to buy, <laughs> which is also, we love shoes. So it's, oh, yes. also, it's also important. Your shoes are incredible today, by the way. Thank you very much. Maybe we can get a shot of those <laughs> later on, Mikhail. But I, yeah. I made an effort <laughs> to come to you so that I had you your did. approval. You did. Um, We also did very exciting stories like uh, targeting violence against women, mm-hmm. targeting honor killings uh, in Kuwait. Uh, we did uh, with Haha Tamimi. She wrote a letter for the magazine uh, addressed to the soldiers that arrested her in Palestine. And I that mean, was also th- like world news. And we photographed her in Palestine. So That's phenomenal. I mean, th- you know, that the, that story on its own just deserves, you know, hands down. Very few people covered that, you know. The, the, she made headlines, but very few fashion magazines and lifestyle magazines are talking about this. These are the, the stories that inspire, that change, that are so important to be told. Because, unfortunately, fashion journalism in the region is very lazy. Uh, and you see that... Uh, that 
if you go to a newsstand, you can just check the other magazines, and it's very uh, everything is very like by the book so and bland. Uh, so bland and pretty pictures and sometimes not even that pretty. <laughs> but, but <laughs> Nobody does. No, exactly. Nobody does beautiful like Vogue does beautiful. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we really make an effort. Yeah. Like we have this incredible, powerful yeah. uh, weapon, not a weapon, but like this incredible, powerful platform, uh, platform to communicate. We need to use it. It's yeah. our responsibility. It's amazing. It's amazing. We've got Manuel Arnaud with us uh, here in the studio. His very first radio uh, interview, which is very exciting for us here at Life Beats. If you've got a question for him, if you've got comments, please do send those through. We're going to be uh, coming back, talking about Arab fashion. Uh, who are some of the names that uh, inspire us that we're watching at the moment? Of course, and don't forget, we're going to be talking uh, the Ball of Arabia as well. I've got my favorite gown from that evening, but it was about so much more as well. We're talking about fashion with a purpose uh this was definitely an event for that more coming up on life beats with me sally musa after this this is pulse 95 you're listening to the life beats podcast life beats life beats with sally musa only on pulse 95 Yes, we're back with Manuel Arnon. He is the editor-in-chief of Vogue Arabia, uh, talking about the stories that have made the biggest impact and particularly representing the Arab world, uh, the, the, the world of fashion, the world of Arab fashion to the world, in fact. And um, just in the break, uh, we were talking about um, uh, the amazing cover that you did for the Saudi issue where mm-hmm. uh, that uh, was celebrating uh, women in Saudi Arabia being able to drive as well. Yeah, so we did it. Uh, remind me, Sally, please. It was June or July? It was June. <laughs> June. Oh my God, you know the issues better than I. Uh, June, thank you. Uh, now, so we we had the privilege to be able to photograph uh, Princess Aifa bint Abdullah, also the daughter of King Abdullah, on the cover, and uh, it was a very uh, impactful cover because she was driving a red convertible, and that co- that was during the month when women were finally able to to drive in mm. Saudi. Um, we got a, a lot of international ex- exposure with that cover, but I'm so happy with, with the result because at the end of the day, we are doing the magazine, not for what people think in the US or in, in the UK, I'm doing the magazine for the Arab world. And we have amazing, 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 amazing comments on our Instagram, especially from Saudi Arabia, because although the, the law was approved, uh the girls i think that the women and the girls they they needed the validation of someone from the royal family and from a woman that they that is quite inspiring mm-hmm. to uh be able to drive and i think that we accomplished that with that cover so i'm super proud of that um of that month and uh we will continue to do uh that kind of these kind of stories that are uh of high impact because it's necessary you know I'm so excited to see, you know, what uh, will be coming next and what kind of conversations you're going to be starting with this because that was that was a big cover. Exactly. And it's starting the conversation that we want. It's important to debate, to open the topics and we have this platform that thankfully that people around the world are looking at Vogue Arabia and mm-hmm. we need to kind of like show the best of the Arab world and also to uh, open these discussion topics and I think that the mission was fulfilled with with this cover in particular. Let's talk about the uh, the talent that is coming out of this region as well. Who do you see as the designers that are really shaping 
the look of Middle Eastern fashion? Well, that's very interesting that you are asking because I believe that more and more there's not one Middle East look in fashion. And before it was not like this. Before it was basically the the more kind of like dramatic red carpet designers that were uh, making headlines, uh, Zuhair Murad, Eli Saab, uh, Rami Alali. So the, the the designers that have a kind of a more opulent aesthetics. But now you see that even in these three, where Vogue Arabia is based, that you have like all these new brands and new designers, Arwal Banawi, and so many others that yeah. are creating some like streetwear, uh, Lama Juni, uh, Faisal El Malak. So many incredible young designers that are really uh, showing that Arab fashion is not a one-trick pony. There's uh, there's not like one aesthetics, uh, and it goes yes from the red carpet, the ball gowns to the streetwear, uh, to the abaya designers. Uh, the way that the abaya is being developed now, uh, being made a little bit shorter so that women can drive in Saudi, uh, different fabrics so that it get, doesn't get wrinkled when you sit on the car. So. There's so many, like the lexico is so, 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 so broad. And uh, that really makes, creates a very interesting ecosystem for us. And not just that, because uh, I'm finding that, you know, those, the, the new breed, um, Hatem Al-Aqil is one that comes to mind as yeah. well for men's fashion. Yeah. Uh, somebody who's really shaping uh, the conversation when it comes to men's fashion. Another Saudi designer. I mean, are you feeling like, we're finally getting through as well. Yeah. Uh, magazines like Vogue Arabia, we're getting to discover the the hidden talents that we have known in the region, but now the rest of the world can see what they can do. Yeah, but even in the region, it's important. Like I, I'm sure that we are going to speak about our ball a little bit later, but we really make an effort to tell people to buy Arab designers. It's essential that we support our regional designers because Everything is great. You you can be in the magazine, you can do a runway show, but at the end of the day, people need to purchase because yeah. without purchase, they are not able to, to sustain their businesses. Mm. So, yes, of course, that I'm proud that we are a platform that showcases the work, but I also want to think that we are more than that, that we are helping them to make their businesses more dynamics. Yeah, driving yeah. that, uh, the industry is yeah, so, so important. Absolutely. Um, but as well, you know, in terms of thinking about the new, like you said, I love what you said, that there is not just one um, idea of Middle Eastern fashion. It's not one thing. Um, but us Arabs are amazingly good at going over the top, which is why Zuhair Murad, <laughs> Ali Saab, Rami Ali, you know, the glamour, we specialize and in glamour. And that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, being from Europe, uh, it's so refreshing to see some glamour, you know. It's just fashion, fashion. unashamed glamour. We just love it. We just do it. And yes, yes. I'm so happy. We celebrate it. <laughs> no, honestly, like uh, fashion is about fantasy. Fashion is about uh, luxury. Fashion is about dreams. So why not? You know, I, I think that's, that, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so something I just wanted to um, uh, ask you about, you know, there was a lot of controversy over the first cover featuring Gigi Hadid. Um, it, she was... You know, in kind of a, like a mesh kind of, uh, it, it wasn't even really a hijab. It was just kind of covering half her face, but kind of symbolically, mm -hmm. you know, a symbolic um, nod to, you know, women who cover in the Middle East and inside the magazine as well. She was covered and she got a lot of backlash. Um, a lot of people saying, you're not Arab, you're not Arab enough. What? But I, I just, I want to get your opinion on that because but to me, I just think My, it's my first question is, what is it to be Arab enough? That's my first question. Right. Who decides who's Arab enough or not Arab enough? You know, 
um i even posted something about that in my in my in my instagram the other day uh listen what what can i say i think that it's very important to um to, to, to nowadays with social media everyone has an opinion and everyone has the right to have an opinion and i love when people comment and when people leave their 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 messages but unfortunately it's so easy to just like to have some to leave some negativity right. on an instagram account and mm. i think that for the adid sisters they are world stars and uh, they are targets many times regarding if it was uh, sensitive to uh, to have Gigi wearing something that kind of like that looked like a hijab um well that was not my decision because i was not the editor at the time but i think that the image was really beautiful and really impactful uh and i think that more than focus on the negative and all the people that that said that it was not fine that it was not okay i think that we should focus on the positive and all the millions of girls that felt identified with that image. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's the most important part of of the conversation. Well, she's she's also come out to say, you know, you know, she has every right to take events saying I'm half Palestinian, you know, that I am Arab. And she's Muslim and she's And she's Muslim. Yeah. yeah, as well and that, you know, as much as she is Dutch as well, but um and that's really important, I think, that we understand that there are so many young people who have I mean, I consider myself one of those people as well. I'm Iraqi, but I grew up in Australia, so I have a feeling for uh, a lot of different and sometimes, um, you know, uh, different cultures, not opposite cultures, but, you know, different cultures where you want to feel like every part of you is represented. Yeah, definitely. As well at the same time. So I think that was an amazing cover and is still one of my favorites. And people forget that, you know, the headscarf is as much a cultural thing as it is a a religious thing and for it to be fashionable there's nothing wrong with that we love to look amazing as modestly dressed women do you know that the other day we did an interview with Alima Hayden and we were asking her about uh, about being modest and she she for me it, it was the best answer ever she just said I'm a girl I just want to look cute as everyone else straight from the, <laughs> the lips of Halima Aden who you know? we love so much I talk about her all the time I love Halima and what she's done you know, walking Dolce Gabbana and every other um, amazing runway. She's doing incredible things. And you know that fashion. we were the first Vogue uh, in the world to um, to have a, a model wearing a hijab and it was Alima. It was actually my, my, my first cover that. as editor of Vogue. And um, and it was like really exciting to see the, the positive reactions of everyone. I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. One of my favorite covers as well. We are talking to Manuel Arnaud. If you've got questions and comments for him, please do keep sending those through. We are on Instagram live at the moment. We're going to be talking balls and gowns and uh, fashion with a purpose when we come back with Manuel. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, of course, right there, as you heard, that was uh, the incredible Sammy Youssef, um, who uh, was singing, who was the loved one? That's uh, one of his songs, one of my favorites as well, uh, from Al Muallim, one of the 
the the best uh, albums that I love so much uh, that I've listened to for years and years. He's, of course, going to be at Al Majaz Waterfront uh, on Friday, the 14th of December. He's going to be performing. Uh, Make sure you are there. Tickets are only 30 dirhams. It's kind of like a, a symbolic fee. Almost nothing to get in. If you want to see Sammy Yusuf, get down there, hear him singing live. He's incredible live, fantastic. And of course, that will be for the grand finale of the Sharjah Munshid Talent Competition. It's like the um, the, the the Arab Idol competition for the Munshidin for Inshad. Uh, as we had yesterday, we had uh, Adil Al-Asadi. He was on the show with his amazing voice. If you want to listen back to it, of course, go to the podcast. Uh, he blew all of us away, everybody who heard him. Uh, but coming back to the conversation uh, with Manuel Arnor, he is, of course, the editor-in-chief at Vogue Arabia. Um so much great stuff that's coming uh, from the magazine. I'm so excited for it. Uh, but let's get to the inaugural, the very first Bull of Arabia, which happened last weekend. Where did this idea come from, Manuel? Um, so basically, we wanted to kind of like to do a very beautiful and glamorous event to close the year. And uh, we wanted basically to celebrate Arab designers. Of course, there's there's that's also always in our core. But most importantly, we wanted to kind of give back to the community. Uh, since we launched and we are not even two years old, uh, we were so well received. We were able to really create a product that it's a, a very successful product. So we thought that it was important to kind of, of give back to the community that really embraced us. So we decided to, um, to work with, uh, with, with UNICEF and to... Uh, to, to do a fundraising basically uh, in benefit of UNICEF and we applied to uh, the money to uh, uh, an education program in, in Jordan. There's There are so many girls in Jordan that don't go to school and we decided to uh, uh, apply the money to this program that creates opportunities, that gives education and that allows girls to uh, empower themselves and hopefully to uh, create the, the, leaders, the female leaders of the future. That's very important. Um, yeah, so that that was the idea be, behind the ball. We were very uh, fortunate that one of our sponsors was Tiffany and Co, and uh, they uh, offered an incredible, incredible experience. And mm. that's what we were kind of like auctioning. It was like a trip to New York, a visit to the Met Museum. You would plant uh, Tiffany would plant in your honor three hundred flowers in Central Park. Wow, which is amazing next that. to the iconic Fifth Avenue uh, Tiffany store. So uh, that was basically what we were, the, the biggest thing that we were auctioning, mm. auctioning on, on the night. How much did you get to raise that night? We still cannot communicate that because it goes through uh, official processes and we, it's still being finalized. Okay. Basically. All right. But it, we saw, uh, it, talk about fashion with a purpose. You know, we saw some incredible gowns that night. It's not called the ball for nothing, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, tell us some of, some of the real standouts. Kiara. Can we yeah. just talk about Kiara for a yeah. moment? Listen, everything was, I'm so, honestly, also, we are very uh, grateful that uh, Jumeirah Group allowed us to do the ball in the Burjal Arab. Mm. Also, we wanted to choose a location that was very kind of like uh, Arabian and that would almost work for as a postcard for all the people that were coming from all over the world. So that kind of like Arab DNA, we wanted to be really present in, uh, present in, um, in, in the event. We had... 
yeah, like you said, it was a ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and whenever people ask us what to wear, I said, ball of Arabia, <laughs> bring the biggest, the most lavish and amazing ball gown that you Do you need you to own. ask? <laughs> well. But yeah, <laughs> Kiara. Kiara was incredible. She, she was, was incredible. Uh, she, headline act. Yeah. She, she was wearing Zuhair Murad. Uh, we made uh, a point, like all the international stars that, that, that visited the ball, that, that came to the ball, we uh, styled them and we made sure that they were wearing Arab designer. So, for yeah. instance, also Lara Stone, the Dutch supermodel, she was wearing Rami Alali. Yes. So it was really an effort, something that we were very strict about it. Uh, it was that everyone was wearing Arab designers. My favorite. Your uh, First of all, I'm going to tell you my favorite. What was your favorite gown of the night? My favorite night of the gown. And the guy, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I have to say that it was my own cape by Asia Nosta and my jacket from Laila yes. Musa from Saudi Arabia. Your cape was <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. Just describe I, I your cannot, cape. I, I cannot choose one look because I would have a very, uh, I would have like a, a diplomatic problem in hands. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you a group of looks that, 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 that I liked. Right. So tell us about your outfit because it was, it was phenomenal. It was amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I, I cannot only like be uh, preaching. I have also to to practice. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you know that for men, it's not easy for uh, for formal occasions to wear Arab designers, because there are not many uh, menswear who, who brands do that, that yeah. who do that. So I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? So I spoke with with uh, Asia Nosta. Um, they are based in uh, in Beirut, in Lebanon, and they dressed uh, Beyonce and so many international stars. So I came to them and I was like, what if you guys create a cape for me? And they were like, a cape? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, a cape. So it was it, it was beautiful. It was in velvet and uh, with beautiful embroidery. Uh, black. In calligraphy. It was Arabic calligraphy yeah. on it. It really made me feel like a superhero. Let's you looked like royalty and or a superhero. What, take your pick, but it was amazing. Both options are very good. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> no, it was it it was great. I'm very honored. And then the second look, it was by a Saudi designer called Laila Musa, and it was all embroidered in in gold thread. And it was really the craftsmanship, the attention to detail. It was absolutely beautiful. And in a way, I was happy also to through my own personal platform to uh, emphasize the work of, of two brands that I really love. Incredible. It was absolutely beautiful. But uh, for me, it was uh, Durra's dress. Yeah. Durra Zarok's dress. Um, it was Zuhair Murad, of course. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, hands down for me, th that was the dress of the night. Um, but Jessica, Jessica Kahawati's dress yes. as well. Uh, George uh, Baker, yeah. yeah. Uh, George Baker, uh, unbelievable dress as well. Just beautiful. It, you know, it's it, such it, a showcase. It's so funny what she wrote on Instagram the other day. She was like, "I'm so sorry for all the people that had to move so that my dress would fit on the <laughs> would fit on the ballroom because her dress was like very had like a big structure." And uh, even when we were both together on stage, it was like a competition, like <laughs> who was taking up more space on stage. But uh, you I know that Jessica, it. first of all, she's such a sweetheart. She is an incredible woman. She works with UNICEF. She works with refugees. Uh, she's so, an Aussie as well. She's Lebanese Australian as well. Exactly. And uh, besides the fact that she's absolutely stunning as a woman, she's, she's gorgeous. So is her mom. 
Yeah. So love her mom. Both. Yeah. yeah. Very good genes in that family. <laughs> <laughs> but love some of those genes, right? Me too. But uh, <laughs> well, we have to work with what we have. So we, we wear a cape to kind of like hide the whatever it's not on point. <laughs> I love it. You looked amazing. You looked <laughs> amazing. You. Uh, but you know, that's uh, th- th- it's funny because you talk about the space that ball gowns take up. I was I had a look at the photos and, um, you know, trying to get this entire gown onto a chair. <laughs> Listen, to a chair, try to a car. Or into a car. Listen, I had the most funny situation with a friend of mine that she was wearing also a Lebanese designer, a very big, uh, fantastic dress. <laughs> try to then go inside the car. Try to, to fit the dress oh, in the car. I love it. It's, so, uh, you know, no pain, no gain, as they say. But you know, Sally, I was really, really blown away and uh, so thankful and proud that people were wearing Arab designers. Yes. It was unbelievable it, it it was really uh, amazing and you know that sometimes events in our region people kind of don't follow the the, the dress codes yeah or like the dress codes are very mixed sometimes it's cocktail they show up with long dresses it's uh, uh black tie they arrive with cocktail dress but here <laughs> they really follow the the dress code and Honestly, like we need to support the designers and the Wall of Arabia was also a platform for that. And I'm very uh, proud that people really uh, took their best couture of, out of the closet. And uh, it was very exciting to see all the process of choosing and selecting. I have to say that my WhatsApp was on fire. <laughs> I love <laughs> <You know>? it. <laughs> I was like the referee. <laughs> but uh, Were it... people asking you, should I wear this one or this one? Yeah. And do you know if she's wearing that one? <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit like that. But It's it... like the Oscars, isn't it? Yeah, it was actually the, our idea was to do something that was very similar to the Met Ball. That's mm, our intention. Yes. It's to to start to do the Ball of Arabia every year and always to have this kind of like uh, this link with charity to give back. But you know that the dresses are very exciting. So yes. it's like a soap opera, let's say. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's beyond. It's brilliant. We're talking to Manuel Arno. We're going to be back in a moment with him uh, talking more about uh, Arab fashion, the future of Arab fashion next. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Yes, we are back with Manuel uh, and uh, talking fashion, fashion in the Middle East and uh, the future of fashion. Something I want to ask you about, Manuel, uh, that we, we talked a lot about cultural inclusion, but what about body Uh, inclusion as well body shapes and sizes Uh, we've seen a lot of that with the likes of Ashley Graham she was on your cover recently as well she was on our cover along with uh, Paloma Yasser Um, so Ashley is I don't like to use the the term plus size but I'm so with you she's just normal she is like one of a a variety of sizes let's say curvy I think that that's the the voluptuous and spectacular exactly and beautiful at the end of the day she's a beautiful woman so we did the cover with these with these two with these two models and you know that sometimes i was a little bit surprised with the reactions we had a lot of positive reactions of course uh ashley's a world star so everyone loved it but we had a lot of negative feedback and you know um i felt a little bit first of all i felt belt for for the girls because it, it really shows how important doing these kind of features is to really to open mentalities and to really uh, establish the conversation. So a lot of people saying that she was uh, she was not uh, curvy or plus size, that she was just fat and she was fat because she eats too much. 
and I put myself on on on, on if I was like one of the models, it, I would feel so bad, you know. And uh, it's very sad that that some people think like that. Um, but thankfully, I, I, I'm very proud that we decided to debate and we and to stand by women of different shapes, you know. And it's important to to be inclusive. And uh, it was actually interesting that it was in a summer month, so in a month where traditionally magazines are like writing about how to lose the weight or how to uh, look fabulous with <clears throat> with uh, one minute exercises you know we decided to focus on voluptuous on uh, inclusiveness and uh, um, about different body types and also people were surprised because we didn't style them as uh plus size models you know you didn't hide their figures definitely we did the opposite they were wearing like a beautiful paco rabanne dress uh balman jacket in sequins and uh by the pool and it looked very beautiful it and, looks and amazing and luxurious and um i don't know it's like i said like with instagram nowadays it's so easy for you to criticize and to be negative mm. but i think that we completely fulfilled our mission to of you know of it was amazing yeah well done well Thank done you. for making that decision um i think it has to be said your strength as a as an editor in chief uh, of this magazine you've only been there a year and a half but you've accomplished wonderful wonderful things and the way, i love that we've had this interview because we've now gotten an insight into the way that you think and your vision for the magazine thank you very much and i can't wait to see what's next for what is next what's your vision going forward 2019 let's go Oh my god, 2019 I don't even know myself. <laughs> uh well, basically we will we will just like continue to do this kind of journalism that really differentiate Vogue <coughs> sorry, Vogue Arabia from the other publications uh in the Arab world. We will be inclusive, we will be standing by the women from from the region and we will be continue to promote Arab designers and inclusiveness uh promoting and showcasing the best of the region and supporting Arab women it's really the three fundamental pillars of Vogue Arabia amazing manuel arnaud what an absolute pleasure it I has been i have to say that i need to come to charger more often because i had the most incredible morning with you <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure is all mine the studio is yours anytime you want to come over we're here thank, thank you, you very so much. much fantastic thank you uh and coming up next we're going to be talking all about filmmaking uh with rachel shah kapoor that's coming up next this is pulse 95 Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.